Okay, um, I'm just going to quick kind of set the stage for this video here, and then after that we're going to have each member of the, the Asia mission team uh, just share some things from the trip here. So um, one of the verses that uh, I just wanted to, to share with you this morning that I hope kind of is the spirit of this this whole time here is um, it's from Acts, uh, it's Acts chapter 14, and it's verse 27. And so um, I'll just read it, and then I hope this is kind of what will be accomplished through this morning here. So it says this, it says, um, On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So this morning, you know, our hope is just to report um, all that God has done through uh, our trip to Asia. And I think he did a lot of cool things. And it's awesome to be gathered again this morning as the church. You know, I think we were... We're the church whether we're gathered or not, but it's awesome when we get to gather together and just report and give praise and glory to God for the things that he's done and even how he opened uh, a door of faith to the to the Asians we were able to interact with here. But um, anyways, uh, Tara did put together this video. It has a lot of bits and pieces that um, you might get some stories to fill in the gaps of some of the things that you see here. But we'll go ahead and watch this and then... Um, I'll be back up and we'll kind of go one at a time through the team here. But anyways, I uh, hope you enjoy this uh, this video here. A lot of fun music to sing along to if you want to as well. So, no, but uh, anyways, here we go.
this on? All right, good. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray again, but then we're going to have just uh, each of the team members just kind of share one at a time. I asked them to think about a, a fun slash funny story to share, and then maybe a, a story that they saw something cool that God did or something that they learned, and then the last one, maybe even just a verse that stood out from our time there. So I'm going to just pray one last time here, and we'll uh, just kind of continue with sharing things we got to see God do. So if you would, let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we do just thank you so much for um, how you so graciously and powerfully answered um, answered prayers for this trip. Lord, we just thank you how you uh, kept the, the team safe and how you allowed us, you enabled us to be able to share the good news with many people, um, many who had never heard about you, and, and that you even had, a, had it in your plan to uh, save some and make some new brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and Lord, I just pray this morning as we share that you would just fill us with your Spirit and enable us to share in a way that gives all the glory to you and, and doesn't uh, try to draw any to ourselves. So we just acknowledge without you none of this would have happened, none of it would have been possible. Um, but we just want to thank you and praise you and just give you all the glory this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's see. So as we share uh, this morning, um, I want to encourage the team members. Uh, I think when you share about things, uh, only there's one city I would not mention the name of. It's where we uh, had uh, we did American Life Camps in, in the city. One city is known for tourism. We went to Guaylin. It's a lot of tourism, cool mountain scenes. The city before that we were in, um, we our project was to help a church there that is to remain nameless, I guess you'd say. So, uh, um, but anyways, then the Hong Kong stuff, you know, that's fine to mention anything related to Hong Kong. But the the other city there, we'll we'll try not to mention. If you do, we will edit this uh, recording for the, the sake of the saints in in China there. So, uh, anyways, um, we for me it was I try to keep track of the team here. Um, and we had three guys and three girls, and um, you know, it worked out well for us that the guys' names and the girls' names made some good acronyms. Um, the girls, let's see, Amy, Tara, and Megan were ATM, which is good to remember. And, uh, and then the guys were John, Allen, and Rich were JAR. So we had JAR and ATM. Every time we were walking around, just going, we got ATM and we got JAR. And occasionally we had a couple of the guys where, uh, you know, Allen was with another family on one of the parts, so it was. ATM and uh, Junior. It was ATM Junior, John and Rich. So, and then when John was missing, we had ATM and R, <laughs> A and R. So, um, but we'll just do uh, one team member at a time just to share. And uh, we haven't uh, made any order to this. So, if there's anyone who would prefer to share first and start us off, that would be uh, you could do it. <laughs> so, volunteers. John, you be up for it? Okay, good. Sounds good. Why don't you guys welcome John up here? So, uh, yeah, it's good to be back, but we had a great time uh, while we were in, uh, in China, in Hong Kong, and in the mainland. And uh, the, the three different parts that I'm going to share, I'm trying to tie them together. So uh, hopefully it makes sense going back and forth between uh, the three subjects. But um, so Rich and I uh, were staying together with uh, a family in one of the cities that we were in. And... Uh, one, we, we figured out fairly quickly that the husband and wife uh, who lived there, neither one of them uh, spoke English. The wife maybe just a little bit, but her brother um, was trying to learn English, and so he had studied it for a little bit, and we were able to communicate with him. So he was sort of our mediator throughout uh, our time there. And uh, one night, he, uh, he explained to, to Rich and I that there was this girl he'd met a week before, and he really liked her. And he wanted to know if we could give him some English phrases to uh, woo her. So uh, there. So um, most nights after we did our um, Engl- or our American Life Camp for that day, we would go to a tea house uh, that the husband and the family owned. And uh, this uh, and so this particular night we had uh, there was Rich and myself. Um, and all three of the girls, and then there were some different people from other households that were able to make it. And uh, so we're walking around, and the girls are saying, wow, you know, it's a really hot night. It would be great if we could go for some ice cream. Like, is there a McDonald's close or something? And the brother said, no, no, there's nothing close. You guys are going this direction, all the ice cream's that direction. We really, 
just don't have, you know, it just wouldn't work out. Um, so we wandered around for a little while trying to find a taxi to get everybody sent off to their designated spot. And the only people left are Rich, myself, the brother, and the girl that he liked. And uh, as soon as everybody sent off, we head straight for McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, we, got, we got some drinks and some ice cream, and we sat down and talked for a while. And uh, it, was, it was kind of entertaining um, for, for Rich and I because um, we, were, we were talking, going through some stuff, and um, at one point, uh, the, the, the brother starts sort of hinting, saying, um, you know, maybe, maybe you guys could, could give me some, some English lines. And he just comes right out and says it. He says, you know, there's, there's somebody here that I'm trying to impress. Can you give me some English lines? And Rich says, I think she understands what you're saying. She says, oh, no, her English isn't that good. And she starts laughing and says that she's under, understood, like, everything that he just said. Um, so, um, so that was kind of fun for us. But, um, but during that same night, it was really neat because um, Rich and I, over the last couple of days, had had a, a chance to um, share the gospel um, with the brother. And uh, we, we were able to share about uh, Christmas and who Jesus is and what his birth means. Then we were able to share about Easter and what his life and his death and his resurrection meant. And over those two days, we'd been able to share um, our testimonies with, um, with him and one of his friends um, on a couple of occasions. And then this night, uh, when we went out with this girl that uh, Terry liked, he was so interested in this stuff that he'd already told her all about Christmas and Easter and wanted us to fill in the blanks for her. And uh, so Rich and, I, Rich and I were able to um, share our testimonies once again. And it was, it was just really neat that the Word of God is that powerful um, that it would, it would affect his life that he would want to share already, that he would already be telling people. And uh, I, was, I was thinking about, you know, what's something that really stood out to me on this trip um, and just kind of reflecting over uh, some verses that had come to mind during the course of the trip. And I think one thing um, that really stands out to me is the last part of the Great Commission because um, I think we, we all focus on uh, making disciples and baptizing and teaching. Um, and I think one thing that... I've neglected at times without realizing it is the beholding. It says at the very end, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And during this trip, uh, I was really able to experience that God was there with us. There was times that we would come back from a day and we would just get, you know, four or five of us guys together and we'd start praying and God was in that room. And times on bus trips when we'd come home and we were, we were singing just praises to God and God was in that bus. And um, even like this night when Rich and I are sitting at McDonald's um, with the brother and the, the girl that he liked, um, we were God. God was there, and God had prepared the way and given the opportunity for us to share. And the same thing happened when um, we went elsewhere, and the brother came with us, and we met his cousin, and he had already started talking to his cousin about the gospel. And at this point. Um, he, he wasn't saved at this point. He still isn't saved. Um, but the, the very last night that we were together with them, um, it was really cool to, to sit up talking to him and hear that he says, God is knocking on the door of my heart. I know that God wants to come in. And, and I, I want to let him in, but, but I don't know yet. I need to study. I need to, to read more. And it was really neat because on several occasions, Rich and I had thought about giving some of the, um, the tracks in, in Mandarin. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Or um, We were told that, you know, it's, it's never good to force the situation. Um, and God that last night really just provided the opportunity to give um, both tracks and a Bible because they really wanted them and they really wanted to read and they really wanted to see what the Bible said. Um, so I think if I had to choose a, a theme for this trip and something that I learned was just that God is truly with us. Um, and just like Jeremy was talking about this morning, you know, when you don't have the radio on, when you don't have your phone always there, when you don't constantly have the email, like we didn't have any of those things when we were in China, um, there's a lot more time to pray. And I think that time to pray was invaluable 
for me being able to see God at work. Um, and one just last quick story to kind of sum that up before I turn it over to the next person. Um, when we were on uh, the bus traveling between one place and another, and um, you know, there, I know there's a bunch of us who were praying for uh, for this brother. And at the same time, uh, Alan was able to uh, be sharing the gospel with um, with another person. And uh, Megan had read something in her quiet time that morning that related directly to what um, to some cultural stuff that this brother had been telling us. And, it, and so she was able to talk to him. And afterwards, um, he told me that um, that when Rich talked to him, that he that he heard and understood one thing. And when I talked to him, he heard and understood something else. And when Megan talked to him that morning, everything became more clear. And so each was like a little piece of the puzzle. And uh, we really got to see through that that um, that God really is the sovereign one, that he is the one that saves souls. And um, when we are watching, it is very easy to see that he is there. All right. Uh, next volunteer. Hi. Uh, wait, 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 rock, paper, scissors. One, two, one, come on. Okay, great. Kids, welcome Megan up there. Okay. Well, first I want to say that <coughs> that worshiping with you guys this morning was so amazing. It, like, brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> just being back with you guys and those worship songs just were, like, so alive in my mind and my heart. And um, it was really special to be back with you guys doing that. Um, so I'm going to start with my funny stories. <laughs> and I'll end serious. I have two funny stories I'm going to share. <laughs> the first one, um, the, pretty much the entire time we were there, we gave... Um, a lot of grief to the guys because they had extremely posh places to stay in. They stayed in these really nice hotels and really wealthy Chinese families and the girls always ended up in Cockroachville. (laughs) So that's my first story. One night we came home, the girls come home and um, like two cockroaches come in with us and we're like, okay, you know, it's alright, just let them do their thing and and then, then we go into our room. This is about midnight, so the people we were staying with, they were asleep, and um, we come into our room, and I pick up my bag off the floor, and two more cockroaches come from under my bag, and I'm like, whoo, okay, that's all right. They're in the wall. They're away. It's okay. You know, we're just not thinking about it. So we lay in bed, and we're, the lights are off, and we're giggling, and we're talking, and then we're like, okay, time to get serious and go sleep. So we're, we're on the verge of sleep, and suddenly Tara goes, oh, something bit my neck. Can we, can we turn the lights on? And we're like, oh, you know. So we turn the light on. Tara puts her head up, and the cockroach runs across her pillow. <laughs> so Tara and I jump off our beds, and we're, like, plastered against the wall. Oh, I forgot to mention. Okay, we have two mattresses on the floor. They're like box springs, actually. That's how hard they were. Um, so we're sleeping on box springs, and uh, there's all the girls that we live with, they have these nets in their beds because of all the bugs. And we had one between the three of us, and it was, Annie was sleeping in it. It was like a tent. So Tara and I are plastered against the wall like this, looking at our bed, and we're like, Amy, we're coming in there. <laughs> so the, the three of us slept in this two-man tent for the rest of the time we were there, huddled in this netting going, you know, you know, zipping up to the top, and we're like squished in there. It was awesome. So we gave a lot of grief to the guys about that because they were, you know, staying in pretty posh places. <laughs> We had the real China experience. <laughs> uh, my other funny story has um, to do with some food that we ate. We had a lot of interesting foods. We tried a lot of things, and it was good. Uh, some of it. Um, so anyways, one time we're staying, we're all eating lunch with the Chinese family that we were staying with, and um, they don't speak a lot of English, so uh, the food's on the table, and uh, there are these enormous prawns, these shrimp that were like this big. And uh, they're sitting there all hold it, which were alive about an hour ago. There's someone in the bucket in the kitchen before we ate them. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so we're sitting at the table, and John, this guy, he eats anything, and he enjoys it, too. It's really weird. <laughs> all of us kept looking at him like, it's so weird. But anyway, so he's trying to tell us, oh, the Chinese, they eat these prawns whole, everything, the exoskeleton, everything. And we're like, really? And we're looking at the Chinese people eating, and it seems like they are. We can't really tell. They don't speak English. So we're like, okay, well, we want to fit in, you know. So John, he, he puts the entire one in his mouth and chews it, and we're just watching him going, ooh, okay. 
And then Rich goes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So he puts it in his mouth, and the antennas are coming out, and it was so gross. But I'm, and so I'm watching this going, I don't want the guys showing me up of what they're eating. I want to do this, too. So the, our Chinese friend puts the plate of prawn in front of me, and I'm like, I'm doing it, man. So I take my chopsticks, and I'm, like, sitting there for 10 seconds just staring at this thing, and... And then I just, like, shove it all in my mouth, head first, eyeballs and everything. And, oh, it was so gross. Legs were coming out and antennas were coming out. And the antennas were, like, this long. It was so gross. And I was, like, gagging it up. I could barely get it down and um, finally got it down. And that was not the worst part. The worst part was that later on that evening, <laughs> we're, we're walking around town, and Mike Bergen, he's the pastor from Lee Summit, and he goes, you know, I didn't want to cause a scene there, but um, the Chinese, they, they don't eat the whole thing, the whole shrimp. And I was like what? <laughs> I'm like, you tell me I just ate an exoskeleton for nothing? And he's like, well. So then I was pretty upset with John, but he bought me some ice cream, so we're good now. <laughs> so those are a couple of my funny stories. But on a serious note, um, I, I was thinking about something to share. When we were there, something that stood out to me the most, the lesson that I learned the most, was uh, just this experience in trusting God that I've never experienced here in America before. It was a really humbling experience that everything we did was not in our control. And um, it was not just the sense of our schedule was not in our control, but uh, the food that we ate, the friends that we had, you know, when we got water, the bathrooms and everything was it was totally out of our control and it was a really humbling experience and uh, there was one one day we uh, we rode a train for 12 hours to get to the city that we were going to it was a 12 hour train and we, we stayed the night on it and it was a pretty crazy experience we were you know like this close to each other for 12 hours and um, I woke up after sleeping on the train like this you know all night and uh, <laughs> not sleeping very good none of us really did but I woke up and I read um, in Psalm 42, it says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with him? And I was thinking, I've read this for so many times in my life. But I woke up on that train and I was like, I, this verse is so real to me right now because um, I know what it's like to pant for water. <laughs> I can't just go to the sink and turn it on, and I can't even brush my teeth without pouring water bottle over it, and it's so frustrating. But um, that was just like um, an experience I had with God where he was saying, I don't think I've ever truly experienced the desperation for God like I had on that trip because I was kind of forced to. But um, I came back to America, and I was thinking, I, um, I just have a whole pers- a different perspective on things and what it's like to trust God for things I take for granted, like water and and food and um, so I wanted to take that back to America but it was um, yeah it was pretty crazy experience very humbling <laughs> glad to be back with you all <laughs> thanks Megan I guess I'll welcome Amy up here hi um, I have a couple of funny stories and a serious story um, to share with you um, first of all um, there was one guy who um, actually accepted Christ at the second camp we were at, and he wrote us all some cute little postcards um, that he had signed. And while we were at the camp, we had talked. He likes chemistry. I know, weird. There are actually three students there that liked chemistry, which is pretty cool, being I teach chemistry. But we had talked about how um, I can actually be strict. He didn't believe me that I was a strict teacher, and we were teasing each other about that. Um, so in the card, he said, Dear Amy, and he said a couple things, and he's like, Even though you say that, um, I think that you are nice, even though that you say you are straight and um <laughs> I was like oh he means strict got it so that was kind of funny and there was a couple other English parts in there but um it was kind of cute um and then my second story there was actually a little picture of him in the slideshow but when we were at the preschool in one of the cities um in mainland there's a cute little boy there and I can't remember the name but on PBS there's a little show I think it's called Little Bear and there's a little turtle that has glasses and um, this little boy reminded us so much of him. But one day I was sitting coloring next to him at the preschool, coloring away, and he looks up at me and he said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from America. Where are you from? He said, I'm Chinese. I said, oh, good. And a couple of minutes later he said, do you like a boy? 
And I was like, what? Do you like apple pie? And finally I realized he was saying, do you like apple pie? And I said, yes, I like apple pie. And he said, and hamburgers? And I said, yes. And just so cute. Little five-year-old boy asking me all these questions in English. Um, so those are two of my funny stories. Um, but here's a verse in Galatians um, that I read um, actually on the flight out um, to Asia. It says in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we'll harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. And I just felt like um, the whole trip was kind of an answer to that verse, um, just being able to serve alongside Christians in mainland and trying to reach out to new people and um, just being able to serve churches at English camps in Hong Kong, um, just being in the community of faith and being able to work hard was a pretty incredible um, feat. And when we were at the English camp, and like I said, um, in my group, there were two people that loved chemistry, um, and I feel like it was kind of God putting the correct people in my um, group to teach about the gospel at this camp. And um, there was one girl there, and um, she had grown up in the Catholic faith, and I grew up in the Catholic faith. And I felt like God really um, allowed me to share my testimony and to share a lot of truth about creation versus evolution and just how um, a belief in science really gets you nowhere, but it's really having faith. And so I felt like God was really able to put me in the exact right circumstances to really share a lot with this girl. And um, the day before we started the camp, God gave me this verse in Psalm. Um, Psalm 1, sorry, that was a different one I was going to share. It's actually Isaiah 26, 11, 15. You hold your hand up high, God, but they don't see it. Open their eyes to what you do to see your zealous love for your people. And um, just as we leave and um, the people who um, accepted Christ while they were there and those that didn't, it was kind of my prayer, my continued prayer for them, that they would see God's zealous love. All right. And uh, a special, special thanks to Amy. Amy managed all the finances for our team and for uh, the people that were out from Kansas City and from Minnesota as well. So, uh, maybe Amy, thanks for that. All right. Uh, we'll have Tara and then Alan, and then I'll wrap things up after that. so glad to be back. Um, I really miss you guys, and I really appreciate the family God has given us here. Um, Okay, I'll start with the funny stories, too. Uh, Okay, oh my goodness. So, in um, Hong Kong, these people have incredible, incredible style. I can't even tell you. I was drooling at some of the outfits. But um, um, my favorite part about their style was that it was really cool in Hong Kong to wear T-shirts that had English on them. Um, And I really don't think any of them knew what any of their shirts said. And some proof of that was one shirt, we were sitting at a restaurant and we looked at this guy at another table and he had a bunch of English words on his back. And um, at another time, too, somebody had English and they were like, what does that say? What does that mean? And we would read it in English and we'd be like, we have no idea what that means. Um, His shirt said, will have the idea which is moved to apply flexibly in the unpopularity. <laughs> we can't even translate that. We don't know what that means. So they were like a little confused why we didn't understand that. But my absolute favorite shirt made perfect sense. Um, <laughs> we were on a, the MTR, which is like their subway system. Actually, it wasn't there. This is somebody else's story. But they saw a little Chinese kid, teenager, sitting there, and he had this shirt on that said, I am what I am, young, black, and beautiful. (laughs) And then I heard that, I fell over laughing, because I'd gotten so much joy out of what their clothes said in English. So, but then we were thinking, gosh, I wonder if we do that here, and all this Chinese writing we have all over. They're like, do you know what that says? So, it was funny. Um... Another funny story is, um, as much as they really wanted to learn English from us, we also tried to learn some of their language. And um, (laughs) in mainland, it's a different language. It's Mandarin. And that I found a little more simple. I don't know if you guys did too. But 
we learned a lot more phrases. And then when we came back to Hong Kong, they tried to teach us a little bit of Cantonese. It was a lot, a lot harder. And one day on the the subway again, um, I was trying to learn the name of a certain stop. I don't even know what it means, but I wanted to know how to say it. And me and this kid Yahoo had gotten saved um, a couple of days earlier. He was, we were going back and forth, and what I was hearing and what he was saying was the same thing to me. And we were, must have been going back and forth for a good three minutes. And him going, it's Chung. And I would say, Chung. And he'd say, no, Chung. And I would say, Chung. And back and forth, back and forth. And he kept saying, I fail, I fail, I fail. And <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I didn't hear it. He couldn't say it right. And finally, the way I got it, I finally just went, Chung. <laughs> so that was that was a funny joke um, for the rest of the trip. Okay, um, so those are my funny stories. Um, on a more serious note, um, I agree with a lot of what Amy, Megan, and John have said. Uh, this experience opened my eyes a lot to the character of God and His heart. And um, just as one story. That was kind of eye-opening. Um, the second week we were in Hong Kong with the English camp, and um, it was this, the second night we were there, and that whole day we had been with the kids and going through the gospel and different stories through the Bible. And then that night they brought in a, a pastor to give an evangelical message in Cantonese so that they would fully understand it. And then after that we got back into our little group and talked about it, and Alan and I were in the same group, and I don't know about him, this is just from me, at the time I was sitting there and I just was like, God, this is ridiculous, I don't even want to be doing this anymore, these kids don't want to speak English right now, they're tired, they're over it, yada, 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 and I was looking longingly at other groups because I could see God working in other groups, and I was like, I want to be over there because they're getting saved right now, and my kids are staring at me blankly. I was seriously on the verge of giving up, and one of the guys that worked for the church brought over the four spiritual laws track, tracks that we had been using, and he was like, will you just go through this with the kids? And I was like, well, okay, fine. So I'm like reading in English, and one of the ladies is translating it in Cantonese, and going through each page, and there's a page that uh, has a prayer for you to pray to be saved. And I barely start reading that page, and one of the girls goes, I've never done that. <laughs> And the guy goes, I've never done that either. And which was kind of a shock to us because we actually had assumed they were believers the whole day. <laughs> but they had never prayed this prayer. So Helena told them, you know, what this really means in Cantonese. And if they wanted to pray, um, they could repeat after her in, in Cantonese. And so those two prayed. And another kid actually started praying in our group too. He hadn't really said much the whole day, but also prayed. And all of a sudden these two kids were saved. And I just realized what God is doing here has nothing to do with us, me. It has nothing to do with a language barrier. Um, and he just overcame my belief and I realized God is here and he has a, an incredible heart for these people that at that point I hadn't caught yet. And after that, I was really overwhelmed with his heart. And that morning I had read this psalm, Psalm 19. 1 through 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. And I was just blown away by God's um, power and that I didn't have anything to do with what we were saying. It was all Him. And um, I too walked away with just how much God can be trusted in any situation, especially when he takes away all your comforts and all you have left to do is pray all the time and God is answering prayer after prayer after prayer and I really was walking around in amazement at what he was doing. So, I'm just, my theme was I walked away from Asia with a heart for Asia and for the lost in this world that I didn't go there with. So, praise God. Alan, go there. Come on, Alan. I'll let a round of applause for Alan. <clears throat> yeah, Tara, I think that you and I share the same sentiment of that one because I was just ready to go over. Rich, we could hear Rich was going 
or I think praying the prayer with uh, two two people and you know ours were just off somewhere else it seemed like you know to us it seemed like that but God was obviously working in their hearts but I was the same way I'm like oh, I just want to go see what Rich is doing what Megan's doing just anywhere but here so I definitely definitely share that with you but then God just started moving and proved that you know he works he can work you know outside of us so it was it was amazing but um, I don't really have many funny stories, but uh, I guess which say we could share fun or funny. So I'll go with I'll go with more fun. But um, I do not relate to story of cockroaches at all because the house the house I was in was four stories high with a whole rooftop balcony, uh, seven bedrooms, three bathrooms. It was. It was just ridiculous. The pe the people there are you know the most amazing group of people I have ever met. They were so hospitable. Every every meal, like twenty twenty different things out on the table. Just man, it was so good. They treated us so well. It was it was crazy. There was uh some kind of fruit that we had it was about that big, and right in the middle there was this piece of fruit maybe that big some of the best stuff I've ever had but each of those fruit cost about two American dollars and I made the mistake of saying I like them and the next morning he had bought a box for us about that big totally full of it and we had to be really careful to you know um, as to what we said we liked because if we didn't they would just go out and buy it for us they were so hospitable it seems like they put a lot of their identity into um, being hospitable and showing their guests a good time. So, one one day, you know, Grandma came over and and cooked the same the same meal that they have for their Chinese Chinese New Year. Man, it was it was so good. But they're just incredible people. Beautiful culture. Beautiful beautiful country. Absolutely amazing. And one time we even said we like fireworks, and the town we're at is it is illegal to shoot fireworks except for you know the the version of the Chinese or Fourth of July, I guess the Chinese version. I think it's their New Year. So they went out and bought a whole bunch of fireworks that we shot right at their front door, like big ones that rocked the whole neighborhood, and they did not care. You know, anything to show us, us hospitality, anything to please us. So. It was absolutely amazing as far as that goes, but uh, uh, one of the verses that God really spoke to me on was uh, Colossians 1, 28, but it says we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, this is Paul speaking, struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works in me but I think throughout this trip um, God made it very clear that you know it was him that has a heart for Asia it was him that has amazing plans there as far as saving people and it is by his grace and his grace alone that he brings us alongside of that and and uses us you know I think most of the work you know obviously the work is done behind the scenes you know in spiritual realm and it's just amazing how God just brings us alongside us, us alongside Him, and, and uses us um, in that way. Uh, or something else I was going to share in line with that. Oh, just uh, you know, from <clears throat> I'll speak just for myself on this. I don't know if anybody else wants to agree with it, but you know, going there is absolutely amazing how how little I had to offer you know as far as cultural experience as far as anything you know I felt I felt really um, I felt like I related to the parable of the couple loaves and the fishes really well you know I didn't have anything to offer 99% of the time I had no clue what was going on but if you know and this was true for me and I'm sure everyone else in our group and will be for anybody else who wants to go next year but you know, if you take the little that you have and present it to God in in faith, you know, no matter how little it is, probably the little you the, or the less you have, and the more you present it in faith, the more God will be able to use you. But you know, it seems like that's definitely what God did. He took our little couple dried up fishes and 
stale bread and just used this to change eternity. So, you know, that was absolutely amazing. But one of the things that probably stood out, or not, I keep saying probably, but it's not probably, it's absolutely stood out to me the most was, uh, there was this might get a little confusing just because of the names, but there was this guy named Even, and then there was Leaven. I'll try to keep them straight. <clears throat> but uh, it was just absolutely amazing how God used us as a group. You know, he wasn't interested in, in individual glory for ourselves. He was interested in, you know, him receiving the glory and using us as a group. And uh, <clears throat> I was... Um, none, none of the people in mainland that I was with, it seems like not very many people in mainland got saved, although we did plant a lot of seeds. There was a, a made John share that, but just tons of seeds got planted there. But... Um, from from the city we were staying at, we went to um, to Quillen. Yeah, that's where we're a group because I forget everything. Um, and on the bus, and and they had all there was four. There was uh, two boys, maybe 17 to eight or 16 to 18. I'm not quite sure. And then two girls about the same age, but they were part of different families than I was, or you know, and. And there are so many seeds that were planted in there, you know. You know, when we're doing the American Life camps at at the houses, you know, they got the gospel share with them multiple times. So tons of seeds got planted there by different people. And then on the bus ride to Guilin, you know, everybody shared our, their share their testimony. So they were able to hear 20 different testimonies, or however many people there were. So tons more, you know, just seeds got planted there. God was moving. And then, um, and then I, you know, me and Jim, a guy from Minneapolis, started sharing with uh, with Even. And you know, when we were done, we were like, "Would you like to pray the prayer to receive Christ?" And he's like, "Oh yes, absolutely." We were all excited about it. And so he got saved. And then we went to Guilin. We hung out, you know, all day. And on the way back, we all, you know, all started singing, maybe for an hour and a half, just a real long time. And it was amazing. It was dark out, so at first it wasn't dark, but towards the end it was dark because you know we sang for a long time, and it was, it was just so amazing, and God was so there, and it was powerfully there, and and even and leave, and even was saved, leaving was not. They would they would periodically you know look at me, look at someone else, and like talk about how our singing get made them feel so good, and how awesome it was, and how they were just really glad to be there you know so obviously God was using us all together as a group to to reach out to them and and during one of the songs Levin the guy who's not saved um uh looked up one of the words the lyrics and for one of the songs we sang and it turns out it was it pointed to Christianity so he points to me and it's like they had this phone program where they could look up English words and they would give it in Chinese and he points it at me He's like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's Christianity. It's Christian. And even the guy who was saved just passionately says, oh, I'm a Christian. Just so excited. It was, it was amazing. So I explained just a little tiny bit on what a Christian is. And he's like, oh, I want to become a Christian. Just because he was so moved by us singing together. Like, I am fully convinced that's what it was, plus all the other seeds that were planted earlier. Um, but you know we were still singing, so it was it was pretty loud. So we said to him that we'll wait until after after dinner to share with him, and then he can become a Christian. So we went to eat, and after dinner, um, I'm like, "Oh, you want to go become a Christian?" He's like, "Yes." And and then the two girls that were with asked him, "Hey, where are you going?" And he said, "Oh, I'm going to go become a Christian." And they said, "Oh, we want to go too. We want to become Christians too." Because they were also very touched by the music, by us singing together in the bus. So, um, Ed, Edgar, Edgar, Edgar and Andrew and Christine from um, Edgar and Andrew are from Loveland, and Christine is, was Jim's wife from Minneapolis. Went with the girls to their room, and uh, even leaving me and Jim went to the, the boys' room to, to share the gospel with them. And uh, when we when we started out, we uh, Jim thought it'd be a good idea to let even, you know, 
share the gospel first, share what he understood. So uh, even just started, this is Levin is his best friend. So he just starts going all very passionately, you know, just sharing the gospel with him. Like it must have been, I don't know how long it all was, but just ten minutes, and it was so obvious. Obvious God's presence was so powerfully there. It was one of it was probably the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Just a guy who had become a Christian. You know, two hours earlier was sh- just sharing the gospel with his friend, and and some I guess there, some of the words wasn't there weren't any perfect translations for the words, so he I could hear him say English words like forgiven and and sinful and and just different Christian words where I knew he was sharing the gospel because he was doing it in in Chinese, and he was just so passionately, and his friends had a lot of a lot of objections and. He just overcame objection after objection, all in Chinese, and it was—it just blew me away how powerfully God could work through somebody who had been a Christian for a couple hours. And you know, in the end, uh, Eve or Levin led, no, even led Levin to accept Christ. He led him in prayer, and and we and Jim and I went through the track too to make sure you understood it. And, but it was just amazing, like he led his best friend to Christ after being a Christian for a couple hours himself. And and then we call call up after we were done, it must have been a couple hours, but we we call up the girls and ask them what they were doing and it turns out they both of them had accepted Christ and and so we called them, you know, we told them to come to their room just to talk about it. and as soon as they come in they just Green brothers, you know, and the guys were like sisters, and I, it's just amazing. Their vocabulary, as far as becoming a Christian, is it's all about obedience, obedience to God, and that they are God's children, sons and daughters, and they have to be obedient to Him, and you know, going to church, obeying Him, and sharing their faith, and it's just amazing what God is doing. There's a ton more stuff that happened, but that that's what stood out to me the most. So. All right. Well, that's, uh, it was just a, it was just an awesome trip, an awesome time. Um, you know, I might wrap up just a few things, uh, my observations and experiences. Uh, as far as the fun slash funny uh, story, um, uh, one of the the nights John and I were with the family there. Um, uh, it was the first night we were there. We we're getting acclimated and stuff. We're eating, you know, all this different food, and and they asked us. Um, so what do you want to have for dinner tomorrow night? You know, what's your favorite Chinese food? You know, and I'm going, I have no idea, you know, uh, Panda Express or something. I don't know what, uh, uh, this food was new to me. And so, you know, and John didn't say anything. And so I, I turned it around. I was like, well, how about you uh, pick your favorite food and we'll have whatever you like to eat. And, you know, and uh, we're telling the, the husband of the household here and then the, his brother-in-law is translating all this and so you know they talk and there's a few chuckles and somehow it's hard to understand exactly what they're saying it almost sounded like you know they were asking us at one point do you want dog food and so uh john are like you know hey whatever <laughs> we're, we're flexible here so um, um so we came back uh, to dinner the next night and uh, they prepared this you know amazing meal again they had so many just different plates of food and most of it had the head on still whether it was a fish or a duck or a chicken you saw the head on the table there so it was kind of interesting but um so they told us that the the meal that they had prepared was dog and the city that we were at was known for dog cooking dog and so we were like okay we're we're having dog here you know one of the training lessons they had for us was eat whatever they put before you and so um so we we start to you know eat this I, I, for me i you know took a you, everything with chopsticks you know so the in the mainland, our, our household was, you had these big plates of food, you had your chopsticks, and everyone's just sticking their chopsticks in, pulling it out. So I grab a piece of meat and uh, put it in my mouth and chew it, and I'm like, okay, it's kind of like beef. I can handle this. Not too bad, you know. And then uh, we, we kept going, and then I uh, thought, well, to be really polite, maybe I should take two pieces here, you know, have another one. And so second one, I reached in and grabbed something to put it in my mouth, and a piece of meat, and then also a, a bone, a, a a significant little bone in there, and I was like, "This is a dog leg I'm chewing on right now." And so, tastes like beef. The concept of a dog was kind of hard to hard to swallow, but we 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 kept everything down. So then I 
you know, I was joking with them later, and I was like, you know, um, I, I thought I was joking. I was trying to humor in another culture, another language sometimes isn't as funny as it is here. And, you know, I have the problem of sometimes my humor here is not that funny either. So, uh, um, but, uh, but I said, uh, you know, uh, maybe that's why in this city you don't see too many dogs in the street, right? And, and they laughed and they thought it was funny. But from there on out, every time we saw a dog, we called it Survivor because he survived, uh, survived, survived dinner, you know, he's still uh, around. So we had a picture of a Survivor in the slideshow you might have seen. So, and uh, we, we also said, uh, I said, well, my kids are trying to talk me into getting a dog someday and so we decided if we ever do get a dog we're going to name the dog Survivor I think I've got to convince my family of that but I was reminded of a verse of a, a verse in here even from Corinthians that I thought when when they told us you're eating dog you know it's one First uh, Corinthians that says um, um, some unbeliever invites you to eat a meal and you want to go eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience and so uh, I was like you know I'm not even going to think about it. It's good or bad to eat dogs. Many people have pets here. Someone might be offended, but uh, it worked out good. You know, I think that we were able to, you know, partake in their favorite meal and try to be encouraged about it and stuff. But it was a fun, uh, there was a lot of running joke about eating dog and stuff like that. So um, uh, some other things. Uh, boy, I mean, it was just, um, I think one of the verses for me that stood out was on our flight over there as well. There was one of the last, um, almost one of the last verses in the book of Acts. As we're flying over there, I felt like it was almost a, maybe a promise of what God wanted to do while we were there. But it says this in Acts 28:28. 28, 28. Um, Paul was speaking to the Jews and trying to share the gospel, and it seemed like they just weren't receiving it. And so uh, eventually Paul just says, Therefore I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. And... You know, to me, I thought, wow, that's a that's a pretty big promise to go. Hey, I'm gonna sh- you're going to share the good news about Jesus and this culture, this different language, and they will listen. Um, and I think, you know, by the time we were done, whether it was sharing, God gave us opportunities to share in discussion groups, in one-on-one settings, in large groups. Um, there was just so many opportunities to share, and it seemed like they were listening. You know, Alan's story of the even wanting to become a Christian and leading leave into Christ and the two girls, their friends that wanted to become Christians and um, John and I had shared with, um, you know, uh, the guy that was in our household translating his cousin. So it wasn't enough, there was even leaving and Stephen was the cousin of uh, this other guy there. So it was, uh, but they were very receptive when we said goodbye to them uh, when we were doing sightseeing in Guilin, you know, we said goodbye to um, our two friends um Stephen and his, his cousin and they prayed we went around the circle and prayed you know John and I and a couple of the girls and, and they each prayed and you know they're basically praying um, God thank you for sending these people help me to open my heart to you um, and they were just very uh, and afterwards you know they both had prayed something like God help me get saved basically which they're getting real close but they said this is the first time we ever prayed before um, Stephen had said the same thing kind of like uh, Alan said uh you know, I said, uh, I asked him, he's at a university there, 40,000 students, and I said, do you have any Christians in your university that could help you? And he said, what is a Christian? And he looked it up on his phone, and it popped up Christianity, and he said, what is this? And he had no clue what Christianity was, or what a Christian was, and so I was able to share the gospel with him, and, um, um, but it's just amazing that there's people that had no idea, what is a Christian? What's Christianity? We can take it for granted, you know, but, um, but they were just, uh, they listened, you know. And then we went and went back to Hong Kong where we did these English camps. And we had the opportunity to just uh, get to share the gospel. Again, it was by God's grace. And I think a couple of themes for me were God gave us opportunities to share the gospel with power. They were very powerful things. One time when John and I were sharing with them, our translator in the American Life Camp told him about Easter and went through the whole story. And he just, he was trying to understand, you know, John was saying, well, they killed Jesus. But it wasn't an accident. It was part of God's plan. And this guy was just like, um, why Why did he do that? Why did he die on the cross? And I was able just to say, you know, he did that because he loves you. And I just had goosebumps on goosebumps. And it was just like God communicated his love to him right there in that moment. It was powerful. Um, when we shared at this English camp, you know, we shared again and again different times. But near the end of the camp, it was like we just shared the gospel as much as we could through different lessons, through Noah and the Ark and through different things related to the Tower of Babel. And we shared a little bit of the outreach diagram. And 
by the end of the time, you know, Alan shared his testimony, then the evangelist went, then they said go to your groups and talk about it, and um, I just remember our group, uh, you know, they were basically, one of the guys in our group that became a Christian, his name was Yahoo, and by that night he was just saying, um, I want to open the door of my heart to Jesus, how do I do that? And we're like, well, you just do it through prayer and just ask him to come into your heart, and um you know, later he wrote a little thank you card. He wrote each one of us a thank you card. It was just a real blessing. But he, his card said something like, you know, um, thank you for teaching our camp. I believe it's a gift from God. Thank you for sharing with me about the God and about the Jesus. And, uh, uh, you know, that I could open the door of my heart and invite him in. Um, he went on to say something like, I know I've only been knowing you three or four days, um, but you are like an old, old friend. And, uh, you know, just he, he prayed to become a Christian. Another girl in our group did that night as well. And then on the way from the meeting back to the dorm, I think one of the guys pulled Alan aside and asked him how to become a Christian. And his name was also Alan. And so he became a Christian. And then uh, a couple of other guys were in Megan's group. She had this wild and crazy bunch of teenage guys that loved basketball and all sorts of things. And um, But we knew after everything was done, we were going to go hang out with them. And so we went and... Um, you know, a couple of them had already become Christians, but the other ones were trying to figure out how. And so we sat down with one, and uh, he was real close to understanding everything, but we took a tract out and said, well, here's what you can do to invite Christ in your life. And so he prayed in English, but then, he, you know, um, he prayed also in Cantonese, you know, both sides of the tract there. And so, um, and there was a staff guy with us in that room. He was with his church, and so he kind of helped them understand, make sure they understood in Cantonese. But then we passed the tract to the next guy, and so he wants to pray to invite Christ in his life, and he did. He passed the check to the next guy. He prayed to receive Christ. And so that whole room full of guys uh, got saved, and some of the other ones there. I think at the camp, maybe nine people invited Christ into their lives, and um, it was pretty awesome. Maybe four people at the, at the, in the mainland while we were there. So it was just awesome to see people heard the good news about Jesus, they believed it, and they invited Christ into their lives. And it was just amazing to be a part of, like, you know, like what's been mentioned here. It had nothing to do with us. God wanted to save some people. He needed a, a few people to speak through, and um, we happened to be the ones he wanted to use then. And, um, so anyways, uh, you know, I think just to summarize and wrap up our time here, one of the things that I'm, I'm always struck by in a mission trip is that, um, you know, uh, I mean, I think our lives here are, are supposed to be like a mission trip. And every time you do a mission trip, you get a glimpse of, you know, this is what life is about. We're all supposed to be on mission. We went to Asia and we came back because that is not our home. Um, but we're on this planet and we're here to share the good news about Jesus. And this planet is not our home. We are going home someday, but we have a mission while we're here. Through that mission, we can show love to God by obeying that mission. Um, and we show love to one another by working together, serving one another, being humble. We show love to those that don't know Christ. But... Um, you know, I just think it's a good reminder for all of us that we're on mission in this city. And Lord willing, we'll take mission trips to other countries as well, but we just need to know. I just need to be praying for opportunities. On a mission trip, I feel like prayers just get more fervent, more faith-filled, more frequent. Um, but I just, if we could catch that every day and go, I'm on mission today. Who does God want me to share with? What do I lack that I need to ask Him for? Um, you know, and then also just praying for hearts that are open. You know, it's easy to go, ah, maybe over there hearts are really open and they're good soil and they want to hear the gospel, but here, you know, nobody's like that. But I think that there's people that have good hearts here. And worst case, God can make good soil. I don't know about you, but I remember when I got saved, maybe I didn't have good soil in my heart, but when God got my attention, He made my heart ready to receive Him. And it's easy to think, well, they're just this country is you know, out to lunch spiritually. Um, but I just encourage you each to be praying that God would prepare the soil of the heart of someone you're sharing with and that they would receive Christ when you share, that you might get to be the one that is there when they decide to invite Him into their lives and don't uh, don't lack the faith that God can do that or think you're in the wrong country. We're excited about the things that could happen in Asia. I encourage you also to be praying for the swings. You know, Craig and Melissa are over there. We saw their, their apartments on the 50th floor. Uh, it's just way, way high up there. I don't know if you heard Craig explaining the mosquitoes stop flying up to about the 15th floor, so they have a way up high. They don't have mosquitoes up there, so it's real nice. But um, 
they live in a less than less than a thousand square feet for the whole family, and there's Craig, Melissa, uh, and five kids living there in the apartment. And so, I just encourage you to pray for them. They're kind of a they're kind of on an extended mission trip, if you will. Um, they're they're there as a way of life, you know. And I think that we don't have to be in Hong Kong to be on a mission trip, but we just need to know. We need to share the good news. We need to trust that God will prepare hearts, um, you know, and just that we got a lot of work to do here in our, our neighborhood where we are. Just need to catch that mission trip mindset for right where we are. But anyways, um, you know, we'll probably share little tidbits of the stories here and there, but we do appreciate all your prayers. You know, we just felt like God was watching out for the team there, having things run smoothly. No one got sick, no lost passports or anything stolen or luggage misplaced. And so we know that just God was answering prayers and blessing and we'll just pray for what God wants us to do in the future pray for the swings and we'll pray here all the morning well, Lord Jesus we do just want to thank you together Lord we thank you that uh, you brought that whole thing about Lord you brought the trip about you brought the, the results about that you you had wanted and um, God we just thank you that you you used us, Lord. And thank you that it was the whole church that you used us. The team was just an extension, the hand of the church reaching out in another country. And um, God, we pray that you would uh, preserve the fruit in the different cities and the different churches there, that you would help uh, make disciples of those who just uh, became Christians. And God, we pray you bless um, the swings while they're over there, Craig and Melissa, and just their, uh, their whole family and, and the church they're a part of. And we just ask you and just continue to provide for them and show yourself to them in amazing ways and Lord I pray you guide us as a church to anything you want us to do in the future uh, as far as being a part of a bridge to Asia God I pray that you help each one of us catch the heart that we are on a mission trip this is not our home Um, God that we will be coming home that the Bible in a lot of ways is our letter from home and God just help us to be on mission while we're here showing you love showing one another love showing the lost your love Um, Pray the firehouse would be known for that, and we just pray these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Well, thank you guys for uh, coming this morning and joining in, and we'll see you Wednesday night uh, at the fun night at Lakeside at seven o'clock. So, anyways, thanks.